Welcome to Right in the Middle Market. On today's episode, we're going to give a middle market update for July 2020. I'm very pleased to be here with Mark Gaffin today, who's going to help walk us through some of the key things that he's seeing in the market and about what that means specifically for the health of the middle market. Welcome to Right in the Middle Market, a podcast about pragmatic perspectives on running, growing, and selling your business. We talk about the challenges, decisions, and most importantly, the actions business owners can take to create long-term value in their companies. Welcome to Right in the Middle Market. On today's episode, we're going to provide an update on the middle market specifically, and I'm delighted to have Mark Gaffin here with us to talk us through some of the key data points that he's seeing in the middle market economy and what that means for our small to medium-sized businesses. So, Mark, I know we've seen a lot of volatility in the stock market, but what would have to be described as at least some promising upward trends in the major indices. What is your sense for where we stand today in the U.S. economy broadly and the middle market specifically? Thanks, Stephanie. Yeah, look, atypically the data is a bit of a mixed bag. The middle market, as we know, is an incredibly important part of the U.S. economic engine. So we can take some cues for how the middle market is doing by looking at macroeconomic data. It can be challenging to isolate and actually see the positive data. So let's kind of start there. From a positive standpoint, you know, the, the Wall Street Journal reported last week that the Commerce Department had U.S. retail sales, which includes purchases at stores, at restaurants, on online, reaching $524 billion. That's a seasonally adjusted increase of 7.5% over May. And in dollar terms, that brings the U.S. economy but really back to pre-pandemic levels with June 2020 actually about 1.1% 1. 1 above 2019, June 2019. Other, another positive, the Wall Street Journal also reported this week that the Federal Reserve said Industrial production rose a seasonally adjusted 5.4% in June from May, which beat the 4% rise anticipated by economists surveyed um, by the Wall Street Journal. So there's evidence that shoppers are shopping and producers are producing. Certainly a ways to go, but there's evidence that the consumer feels it as well. In fact, the conference board um, showed their, their confidence, the consumer confidence index had increased rather dramatically in June. The current index stands at 98 Point one up from 85.9 in May. Another conference board survey, the present situation index, which is based on consumers' assessment of current business and labor market conditions, conditions increased to 86.2 from 68.4 in May. Uh, potential counter to this, of course, is the noisy and sometimes conflicting data in the, the jobs market, um, and certainly from the COVID cases um, and, and hospitalizations. And Stephanie, I know you've got a lot of experience in this sector. What are you seeing? What are you, what's your take on that? Well, as you know, I spent most of my career in the healthcare industry. And when we think about hospital utilization, the first thing I would say is that most hospitals have used that data that they have, and they certainly have that data uh, readily available. It's a key metric that most hospitals and health systems are watching on a day-to-day -day basis, but it was never really designed in a way to be consistently measured and tracked across different organizations. And so it can be a little bit tricky to try to add that up across a metropolitan area or certainly across a state or national level. 
So that would be the first thing is that I think you have to take that into account a little bit, specifically when you're getting into specific bed types, ICUs versus regular beds. The second thing that I would say is that most hospitals typically operate at least in the upper 80s in terms of percent percent capacity, percent utilization, um, if not the low to mid 90s. And that could, that's a very healthy level for hospitals to be. Matter of fact, if they're not having uh, inpatient capacity in the you know upper 80s, low to mid 90s, they're probably not doing very well financially because they're not going to have the revenue that they need to keep the organization alive. So when these numbers are being reported, I think it's really important to dig down to say, are the utilization numbers in hospitals going up because they the hospitals have started to do elective procedures again? Or is it because we actually are seeing COVID-related admissions? And that is not always clear, at least of what I'm seeing, is coming out in the what's being reported in the media. So... Mark, I know that you, as part of our consulting practice, as part of what we do in our financial advisory services, you're talking all the time with small and medium-sized business owners. And this is a trite question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How would you summarize what's keeping middle market CEOs up the most right now? Well, gratefully, it feels like there's a much better perspective today than just even a few short weeks ago. The National Center for the Middle Market's June survey of about a 1,000 decision makers noted that one in eight uh, middle market executives still believe that COVID-19 will be catastrophic. Now, good news is that's down from 25% in March. In talking with our clients and solution partners, it feels like middle market leaders, uh, leadership teams are still working through a lot of the internal, you know, things that they have to deal with. And that's you know, hiring, um, staffing, uh, internal communications, morale, uh, and and the like are still very much a high priority. And of course, you know, we as a firm have pivoted to help companies address liquidity issues and helping companies manage interactions with their capital providers, both debt and equity uh, capital providers. Do you feel like middle market companies have been able to access the capital that they need, either through existing relationships or through new channels like the Paycheck Protection Program? Well, never as many as I'd like to have had that, but uh, we were able to support both for-profit and non-for-profit clients navigate the uh, payroll protection opportunity, as well as some of the other programs that are out there. And I'd be remiss if I didn't, uh, you know, give a shout out to some of the small to medium-sized commercial banks that really stepped up to support middle market clients. As you know, we keep an open dialogue with hundreds of, of senior lenders, both banks and non-banks across the country. And I personally was, on the whole, very, very impressed by the response. Um, we consistently coach our clients to appreciate but evaluate their debt capital providers. And this is where that old saw, dig a well before you're thirsty, can be everything. But again, by and large, I'm optimistic here. As always, it's important to be proactive and to stay ahead of communications with all capital providers. Um, I started in commercial banking years ago, and I have yet to find a commercial banker that likes surprises. Over the past several months, we have used many of the tools that we typically use in turnaround engagements to bolster short-term and medium-term cash flow projections, to look proactively for sources of liquidity, whether that's accounts receivable, assets man- asset management, and the like, and quite frankly, to keep pushing on sales and marketing execution wherever possible to keep revenue moving. 
Um, data suggested about 60 to 70% of middle market companies sought some type of financing, with a little over half of firms receiving something, whether that's payroll protection programs or lines of credit for the banks or, or term loans. Small and medium-sized business owners are typically a pretty tough and optimistic bunch. What are, what are you hearing that middle market leaders are seeing ahead? Much like the macroeconomic information, this is still a bit of a middle mixed bag, right? If, if, if you think eons back to January 2020, the big problem then was hiring people. How can I find qualified people to help us grow? And unemployment at that point in time was rock bottom across all major categories. When the National Center for Middle Market uh, was surveying people then coming into 2020, you know, executives were very bullish on both growth and revenue growth and unemployment. I think they were looking at 4.9% and 5 or 3.5% respectively. Half of all companies at that time were looking to enter new markets. And actually, one in four companies were looking to build or expand in new facilities. Um, while those expectations have been tempered a bit now, still one-third of people are looking to enter new markets and a meaningful number are actually still at this point looking to to expand facilities. We, of course, are working very, very closely with our clients to be optim- optimistic and to keep an eye on our competitors, keep an eye on their competitors, as they say, watch your six. Mark, I'd love to talk a little bit more about this concept. It sounds like, and it actually is really good to hear that it sounds like there are a lot of companies that are looking forward and trying to find those areas of growth. Uh, let's continue that conversation when we come back for um, when we come back from a quick word from our sponsor. Right in the Middle Market is brought to you by the Gaffin Group, a full-service business consulting firm. The Gaffin Group works closely with middle market companies tackling the big challenges of today's environment and capturing the value-enhancing growth opportunities of tomorrow. Too often, dogma, platitudes, or wish lists get confused with strategy then it's no small wonder that execution can be muddled. The Gaffin Group principals work closely with company boards, executives, and their teams to seek pragmatic, tangible results. They provide comprehensive advisory services across strategic, financial, operational, and merger and acquisition capabilities, all framed by the fundamental belief that real strategy drives real results. The Gaffin Group is focused on delivering robust, practical insights and fact-based pragmatic solutions. Their services are designed to support their clients' profitable growth and sustainable long-term value creation. Go to gaffingroup.com to learn more about how the Gaffin Group can help you and your company. Welcome back. So, Mark, just before the break, you were talking to us about some of what you're seeing about how companies are still seeking to find growth opportunities in this environment. Tell me a little bit more about what you're seeing and the companies that are still looking for ways to grow right now? Well, no, absolutely. Absolutely agree with you. I mean, both professional investors and middle market business owners that follow dislocations, you know, this is a time of dis- these other opportunities in this time of dislocation, right? The data points to 40 to 50% of middle market executives feel it's going to take five to seven months to get back up to full capacity. But there's a lot of diversity in that in that opinion. Some people think it'll happen sooner. Some think so. It'll take longer. And that that divergent opinion of divergence of opinion is exactly where opportunity lies. Right? We have and are currently working with uh, middle market founders and management teams that were executing or contemplating exits 
for a variety of reasons. And I can't think of any of those cases that don't still work now. Um, our team has been engaged with investors ranging from well-established private equity groups to search funds, from large family offices to independent sponsors. People are finding ways to get deals done. Mark, as you know, this podcast is designed to be all about pragmatic advice and action for business leaders in the middle market and those who advise them. So let me put you on the spot. What are two actions that business leaders in the middle market can take right now if they've been trying to figure out how to respond to what's happening in the environment? Well, of course. While there are obvious complexities across industries and across competitive dynamics within market segments, and there's obviously going to be unique challenges even at the individual company level, let's think about this on kind of a survive, sustain, thrive continuum, right? So on surviving, right, there are still companies out there fighting for an exist, you know, fighting an existential battle, right? They're working on cash flow um, challenges still as we speak. They're working on finding sources of liquidity. Um, I had the opportunity to work with the special assets turnaround group of a major commercial bank back in the global financial crisis. So I have kind of a good perspective on how, uh, how you work with commercial banks. So we work hard with those companies that are still working on survival um, to present the client. There are clients' diet prognosis and plans in a way that allows capital providers to kind of fairly evaluate the situation. That analysis and ongoing communication will remain critical for those folks that are there till they regain better footing. On sustaining, these are companies that are kind of at that next phase of recovery, right? They've, they've, they found that liquidity, but they're not quite, in, you know, they're quite stuck. You know, they're a little, little, little frozen where they are. Um, but they know that sitting still is, in fact, not viable. And it's critical to clearly examine the present state. Say you have a portfolio of businesses that determine their viability, the return on investment, and the strategic value in these times and the times to come. Um, this is a driver for why we've seen upticks in divestitures of business units in past dislocations. Um, and there are buyers out there, but it takes some time to work, take, take some time and work to make sure these divestitures, the, the divestitures are appropriately valued and marketed. And then on the last part is on thriving. These are companies that have, you know, entered the, sh- the COVID shutdowns with better balance sheets or liquidity positions. But importantly, these are business leaders that recognize now is a time of unprecedented opportunity. As you know, their competitors might be hunker- hunkered down, this is the time to move. In a previous dislocation, some competitors, you know, in concurrence with their you know, the cost-saving programs that they've done in, in this dislocation, actually are able to move forward on aggressive pricing. Right. Or, or, or financing deals with their customers, right? Doing something to take, actually maintain or sort of take market share, uh, in, in this kind of type of environment. Okay. So that was a lot of great advice. Boil it down for us across all the different situations that a company might be in, whether they're sustain, whether they're looking for survival, sustaining or thriving. Two actions that business owners can take. So it's, it's, it's certainly internally making sure that you're communicating with the sources of capital and making sure that you're evaluating those people. So this is kind of the same thing, right? You're trying to make sure that the people that are providing capital have the communication that they need and you, and you have that same information internally so that everybody's rowing in the right direction internally, externally 
my recommendation, and this is what we're telling our clients that are actually seeking this out, is to find opportunity, evaluate that opportunity and seize it. This is a time to be looking forward, not just down at the dashboard. You have been a champion for the middle market for years, and it sounds like you're still bullish on the middle market. Is that true? It is, and I could not be more so. And I don't want to, for one second, diminish the heartache and challenge that this healthcare price crisis has presented, and it still presents. Um, but I've been around long, long enough to believe it's a fool's errand to underestimate the U.S. economy or the mighty middle market. Um, it would be a worthy topic in and of itself to talk about the resilience and impact of the middle market. Uh, but I believe that that sometimes irrespective of the overwhelming noise and discord, we have businesses to run, people to employ, and customers to serve. We see our clients driving to excel in this environment. What was it that Rudyard Kipling, uh, Rudyard Kipling said, if you can keep your head when all about those are, are losing theirs? I, I love the poem, If, and certainly a uh, an apt uh, thought and construct for these crazy times. Uh Thanks, Mark, for great concept and, and perspective on pulling together what we're seeing in the middle market and, and how middle market business owners in particular can look at the environment around them and think about what that means for running their own businesses. I'm Stephanie Chambliss-Gaffin, and you've been listening to Right in the Middle Market, a podcast about running, growing, and selling your middle market business. We'd love to hear your comments on today's episode or ideas for topics you'd like to most hear in the future. Send me a message on LinkedIn or drop me an email at podcast at gaffingroup.com. Until next time, be well and be courageous. Be courageous.